Welcome to the Pat Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Delvecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-author, Nancy Saxton-Lopez. And we, first of all, I'm going to apologize because we were just about to start our broadcast this past Thursday and a thunderstorm knocked out power at my location. So now we are recording this and we'll be putting it online. And this is a broadcast that we do once a week. And it's an opportunity for us to take some of the wisdom and recommendations that we gained from the people who were coming to our pet law support groups for a very long time. We can take that wisdom and, and share it with a broader audience. And we, before the, way, before the magic of broadcast media, we put together a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And so that book is available to you as well. And uh, hopefully the information we share today will offer some peace and solace to those who hear it. And I would also like to say that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society. So let me tell you a little bit about Dakin. Dakin Humane Society is a 401c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter, medical care, spay neuter services, and behavioral rehabilitation for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. Since its inception in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. And that is D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org, O-R-G. And also we'd like to let you know that you can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your stories and your questions and comments and suggestions for future episodes. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at Nancy, at, I'm sorry, N Saxton Lopez. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at C-S mpc.com. So Nancy, why don't you get us started? Yeah, today we are going to talk about guilt because guilt is such a difficult emotion that I would say 95% of the people go through after the death of an animal. But we wanted to um, talk a little bit briefly about um, some, you know, thoughts and comments that we got from two people. Um, Devin wrote an amazingly beautiful piece on the loss of Miso, her cat. And Ken and I took out just a couple lines from it. And I think Ken, you're going to, have you published that or, or, or added that to? It's, yeah, it's on the announcement for this episode. We'll put it on the podcast description. And so it'll be linked to the description that you see connected to this broadcast, wherever you find the broadcast. And, and I'll just, uh, I was very moved by the essay. I think it would be great for you to read. I think it'll provide you with solace if you read it. And some of the quotes that I'm taking out to punctuate are, death is the final destination of our love. Mm -hmm. And I know now, I now know the tears are, that tears are the way through the grief and pain is your love too. I think that, that says a lot actually, yeah. pain is your love 
too. And I, I recommend that you read the whole piece. It's very moving and powerful. And there's a couple that I picked out too. And I think um, she said, I really believe the experience of a true and potent love in this life is worth the ocean of tears exchanged and letting go. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. And I think one more that I want to just put out there. And this is interesting. Sometimes love requires us to be fierce, protective, and stronger than we ever knew possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, please read it. I mean, it is certainly very, very touching and heartwarming. And she really gets into her feelings and analyzes how she lived with this cat and what that cat meant to her. And I have to say, I've heard from a couple of other people in the past few days who just really articulate how devastating the loss is on the one hand and how they have to just keep moving. Yeah. And you just see that in so many stories that, that it's, it's this horribly gut-wrenching loss and the, the pain, the knot in your stomach. But you got to live, too. You have to put one foot in front of the other. And people describe that in their own ways. And it's always moving. It always reminds me of how precious life is and how fleeting it is for, for our animal companions and for every, for us too, for us as well. And then I spent some time working with Lisa and her family. And she sent me a card that I'm gonna share. This is little Charlie. Whoa, I'm going the wrong way. There's little Charlie. It's so cute, right? And I'm going to read the poem. Now, I hope I don't crack on this one. It is a religious poem. So just, you know, use it the best way you can if that's not your gig. But it says, God saw you getting tired and a cure was not to be. So he put his arms around you and whispered, come with me. With tearful eyes, we watched you slowly fade away. Although we loved you dearly, we could not make you stay. A golden heart stopped beating, playful paws were put to rest. God broke our hearts to prove to us he only takes the best. <laughs> That's moving. That's touching. Yeah. Yeah. So now I guess we can get into the guilt issues. Yeah. So and you have, you've kind of, um, delved into that and how you want to explain guilt in two different ways, actually. Yeah. So as we were talking about this, I, I realized that everybody who loses, as you said before, 95%, 99% whatever percent of people, when our, when our pet dies, we, we feel some guilt because we're, we're so conscientious that we are always imagining that we should have seen or done something that we probably never could have seen <laughs> except in hindsight and never could have done because we're not all powerful. And so we think, thinking about that as conscientious guilt, mm -hmm. that those of us who are extraordinarily conscientious about our animal companions will experience this, this conscientious guilt at their loss and that we want to find ways to forgive ourselves. And then there's, there's this other reality that happens in our lives. We make errors. We do things that in fact may cause harm absolutely unintentionally and inadvertently to our loved ones, including our animal companions. And the term that, that comes to mind for that is consequential guilt. Mm -hmm. that, there, that there is that 
the guilt is a consequence of some mistake that we made and some error that we made, no matter the fact that in, in, we, we certainly didn't intend to. And so we've seen this in the most dire circumstances when, when a person is, is stressed and they leave their animal in a car. Right. And they, the animal suffocates as a result. And, and the, the, the extraordinary pain. And, and it, it, it seems reasonable to expect, and we've seen this clinically, that the people who have consequential guilt, it's kind of a different or attenuated journey. It's not so very painful as the consequential guilt because we actually, when we have the conscientious, when we have that kind of guilt where we're just like, what if, what if, and why didn't I, and I should have, yes. we, we are able to forgive ourselves usually a bit at easier. Some at some point. At some point. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and we have to think about self-forgiveness is really the same in both of those kinds of situations because it's about recognizing human limits. Yes. <laughs> it's about recognizing you make mistakes. The fact that we make mistakes and we make oversights and we're not perfect and we don't monitor everything that's going on around us perfectly accurately all the time. We make judgments and we are we are sometimes making judgments in situations where there's enormous time pressures and we're stressed right. and there's a million things that are going on and so we do things like we've had situations where a person's walking their dog and their dog steps into the street and gets hit by a vehicle and we've had the kind of situation that I mentioned a few minutes ago and we have the kind of situation where an animal eats something that they probably shouldn't, that they definitely should never have had access to. And, and this causes their death. And so the self-forgiveness is this journey of recognizing and coming to terms with the loss of the sense that we are perfect. We're not perfect. Yeah. Ken, like Ken, you said, with the conscientious, the conscientious grief is that what you said, I mean, everyone comes in and they say, um, I should have gone to the doctor sooner. Um, I, maybe I shouldn't have left that day. Um, maybe, you know, I, I needed to, to pay attention more to what was going on with my animal. Um, and it, it just badgers you, right? Yeah, and these are people who, you know, what, any of those things probably would not have made a difference mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. context of the death. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And you're right. You know, we're, we're, we worked with Crystal. Crystal was so overwhelmed by different vets with different issues, with, with what they were diagnosing. And some one was diagnosing one thing, one was diagnosing another. She had three little kids. She had absolutely the inability to really collect all that information, you know, and to really figure out after the fact that I shouldn't have done that, or I shouldn't have seen that person, or I shouldn't have, you know, you know, talk to this person. And what happens if I had done something different? The issue with Hamlet was that he was sick and he died, you know, and whatever she would have done probably would not have made it. Different. Oh, and, and, and you, you, again, it's, we're not perfect. And we have, there are limits to our control. We are exactly. not in control over the physiological things no. going inside, going on inside 
any of us, ourselves, our, our beloved animal companions, people close to us. We have a dear friend right now who has just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Oh, and so, I mean, the, the, we are not in control. We, we like to think that, that we do have more, a lot more control than we actually do. And so we go to our, we go to experts, they do their tests, they give the best assessment and prescriptions of care that they possibly can. They're doing, they're using all of their skills and all of their technologies. And um, a lot of the time that doesn't solve the, yeah. the illness, that doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. And so, and then we would never know, right? You wouldn't know necessarily what the trajectory of that issue was within the animal, right? right. So, no matter what, that that dog was or cat was going to die. Yeah, because um, they don't tell you until almost it's too late that there's really something going on with them. Yeah. So this whole idea of, you know, forgiveness, I believe, is is kind of a meditation on phrases like i don't know everything i can't fix everything i, I can't foresee the future <laughs> the, those, kinds of, those kinds of phrases i i there are limits there are yeah. there are many limits to my ability to control what happens around me all of those kinds of phrases mm -hmm. i think are important to forgiveness and to self-forgiveness and that the more we say them to ourselves, when we are hit with a wave of guilt, and we say those things that I I can't foretell the future, I am not all knowing, I am not all seeing, I'm not perfect. Those are the kinds of things that we deserve to be saying as perhaps we're doing some deep breathing and we're kind of just allowing ourselves to be our imperfect selves. And there's this kind of thing has to be done over and over again. And, you know, sometimes I, I look at the fact that there are some people who seem to, who seem to not have consequential guilt. They do things that are horrific yeah. in the world and they don't feel, don't seem to feel any kind of accountability for it. So the fact that you do feel any kind of guilt is actually a testament to your, your humanity. Exactly. To, to, to the love that you have and the ways that you feel about the, the fact that you should act with morality, you should act with accountability. So, so the fact that you feel that, that tremendous weight is actually a testament to something very good. Character to who you yeah. are. It's, right. it's a testament to something really deeply good in, in you and in your character. And it's, that might be something we can help ourselves to grasp as well, that the fact that we feel guilty means that, means that we have a heart. <laughs> that's, that's what Devin said, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, to experience the potency of this love is worth all those tears, you know, mm -hmm. in the end of letting go. Um, and I want to go back to the consequential because I think people that, that had, um, had experienced a mistake or something happened out of their control, but it was more, more violent or, or, you know, or um, traumatic in some ways. Um, it takes a little longer yeah. because yeah. they, you know, the one uh, person that 
that gave his daughter a piece of a, a pizza crust and watched her die. You know, I mean that. So she oh, choked. Yeah, she choked. Yeah. And so, and he, what would you do? I mean, when that kind of thing happens, you know, you go into this kind of altered state, and even trying to help may not necessarily have right have saved her. But he he came to the group for quite a while, and and I and that was helpful for him. He mm -hmm. needed to kind of have that support with all of the other people that came and us as as you know uh, leaders. That you know he's a good person. He didn't mean this. You know this was a mistake. Oh, Although, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, him. But I caused this. You know, I never should have given you know her the pizza crust. And so, and the other ones you mentioned, we've had, unfortunately, so many of those things happen. Um, be potentially really, really traumatic. And that takes a little while and they need a lot of support. And it may take a little longer to kind of forgive themselves. But, you know, in the end, hopefully they can. Because you can't yeah. feel to well, just, Like you said, hearing it from many different people that of course they didn't mean that and of course they would never want to hurt their their animal companion it, it, it it's the kind of thing that doesn't perhaps register until it's been heard many many times or until you can reflect on exactly. you have to work said What's the many, many times you have to work on it and work through yeah. it and keep yeah working. and the, the other the other the other thing that occurs to me in that situation is how capricious fate is because you might very well give a little piece of pizza or a little piece of bread to a dog many, many times and nothing, there would be no problem. Nothing would happen. I mean, it's like, it's like all of us, you know, you could be at a restaurant, you're eating something you've eaten many, many times in your and life you and, and then you choke. And you may or may not be sick. I mean, there's, there is, again, it comes down to this idea that it's very hard for us to realize because it's very scary, the, the very limited control we have right. in the world. We do the best we can, but there's so much that we just, we're just not on top of. We, we just don't have the, we don't have the, the power to to make it go the way we want it to go and so, and when it does when things don't we feel oftentimes at a huge loss like we did something terribly wrong and that's right you know this uh so it comes down again taking care of yourself the best mm -hmm. way getting some help but i think a lot of people who have the consequential guilt really benefit from really talking to somebody because yeah. it, it's it, a lot of times I had a woman come in many years ago and she had inadvertently backed up over their cat and mm -hmm. she didn't even want to go to a group because she was so incredibly embarrassed and upset yeah. that she caused this. And so we did a lot of work together, to, you know, to kind of go through that traumatic event for her. And, you know, eventually she could you know, listen you had no, and you know, this was just a mistake. Of course, you didn't want to kill your cat. Mm -hmm. No, and it, she had to keep talking about it, like we've been, we're saying, until she kind of just wore it out, you know, yeah. go back yeah. to. I, I do think that's a big part of uh, many aspects of grief are just 
working it over, emotionally chewing on it, whatever language you might use until it, it just, it becomes old, older news. Mm-hmm. And, and then it just, it's there. It, we never, we never lose. Really forget it. Of it. it doesn't go away, right. but it isn't something that is tearing at us yeah. all the time, all the time. And that's all, I think that's a lot of how we live beyond grief. And, and we then understand more and more that, that things are, ephemeral that everything in life is only for now and that's just that's a reality that i think sinks in more and more the more losses we have and but but self-forgiveness is about is about allowing oneself to be to be with faults to be with imperfections to not be omniscient to not be to not be Godlike or goddesslike? Mm-hmm. We're not. <laughs> we just we, we just can't be, <laughs> and uh, we we do the best we can, yeah. and that's all we can ask of anyone. And so, please, everyone, take care of yourself. Guilt is comes and it, and it is there, no matter if it's conscientious or it's consequential. Um, and it would be helpful to get some support and take care of yourself the best way you can. We can't take it away, but we can certainly support someone through it. Yeah, and, and one of the one of the thoughts that also comes to mind for me is just this idea that if you put, if you think of your story and you think of hearing it from another person, how would you feel toward them? Would you feel like they should be damned and you know, and score and, and, or would you, would you look at them with a gentle heart and say, you know, that this, ha- this stuff happens. Yeah. Would, would, you, would you say there's no, there's no way that this person intended harm. There's no way that, that he or she or they wanted to cause pain and loss. And, and if we, cause oftentimes we can extend kindness much more readily to others than to ourselves particularly right. people who are troubled by the results of well, our own behavior. I mean, we, te- we tend to be right. very judgmental of ourselves. And, and so in both of these cases, whether, whether we're thinking I shoulda, coulda, woulda, or we're, or we're really saying, you know, the thing I did was in some way a cause of their death, if we can extend the same kind of kindness that we would give to somebody else who were telling us this story, well, it's interesting because in the groups, you know, the people that would come to the group had that empathy because they yeah. knew what it was like to lose yep. an animal. And yep. the world, that doesn't, that may not necessarily be the case. I mean, yeah, so. you have to choose people, support people carefully. Yeah. Really carefully because all, everyone in that group always surrounded that person yep. with love and support that, especially in a consequential you know, situation, because everyone knew that that person loved their animal. They wouldn't bet have been at the crew. It wouldn't be there. Yeah. It wouldn't be no, there. Exactly. So all of that love and support, and that can be done by a therapist also, but mm-hmm. all that love and support really helped that person because they were, they were given love in the context of this wasn't, you know, your fault in the context of you love this animal. You never wanted this to happen. Mm-hmm. So 
um, even though it may take a little longer to move through that um, when it was an accident like that or the mistake. Um, it can happen and you can love another animal again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you'll, you'll do your best. We all do. That's what we, that's what we can commit to. We can't commit to being perfect or all knowing, but we can commit to doing our best. Exactly. So I guess we'll leave it there, Nancy, and I'll look forward to our next conversation. And I wanted to thank again, I mean, I mentioned Crystal, we had talked about her, but I also want to thank Devin and Lisa yep. you know, for their information, for reaching out to us and giving us some really wonderful things that we could share. Yeah, really, really wonderful. And hopefully other people will, and I know those who read Devin's story and hear the accounts that we've shared, they'll, they'll benefit from them as well. It always helps other people. Absolutely. And thank you. So. <laughs>